welcome everyone to the first episode of the Hermeneutics 101 podcast. I am recording this on Sunday, February the 24th, 2019 at 3.45 p.m. Central Time. Now, I did not plan it this way. This is just kind of the way it happened. But the fact that I'm recording this on a Sunday is really helpful. It's really useful because it's going to explain why a podcast about hermeneutics is actually necessary. Why a a podcast on hermeneutics is actually needful because this is what happened this Sunday all around the world. People woke up, they got ready, and they picked up a Bible. They took that Bible to a church. They walked into that church and they attended Sunday school classes. They may attended some kind of a small group gathering. They attended a worship service where someone stood before them with an open Bible and preached a sermon. A lot of things happen around the world every single Sunday that deals with the scriptures, that deal with the Bible, that deal with the Word of God. But here is the issue. How do you know that what you are hearing preached, how do you know what you are hearing that is being taught is accurate? Are you sure you were being given an accurate interpretation of the scriptures? What What system or what method was being used to give you that interpretation? Could you even identify what method was being used to give you the interpretation you heard from the pulpit, from the Sunday school teacher, from the small group leader? How do you know when you open a Bible yourself and you read it that you can find a correct interpretation? Do you even know how to do the work of interpretation? Well, everything I'm describing there definitely is very critical to the subject of hermeneutics. So this podcast is going to be all about the subject of hermeneutics. Now, this is how this is going to work, and I need you to listen very carefully. This podcast is designed to provide content for a section on our church app. We have a hermeneutics section on our church app. It's right next to the church history section. So if you really want to get all the content, if you want to get everything that's going to be available, then you need to first and foremost, before we go any further, before I explain what our goal here, explain how this is going to work, you need to stop what you're doing. You need to go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, and you need to do a search for VBC 66, VBC, which stands for Victory Baptist Church, and the number 66, which stands for the number of books in our Bible. VBC 66 all run together. VBC 66, download the app. Once you have the app downloaded, open it up, and you're going to see a number of sections. You're going to see a sermon and Bible study section. You're going to see a sermon and Bible study notes section. You're going to see a church history section. You're going to see a hermeneutics section. You're going to see a news and focus section, a your world section, um, a food for thought section. There's so many different sections with content being added around the clock all the time. Keep your notifications on because I'm notifying you about what I'm adding. Trust me, there is plenty there for you to look at. Just today, 
Oh, I posted a program dealing with the 25th anniversary of the Toronto Blessing. What really happened there? How should we understand that? Um, a, a lesson about Polycarp. Okay, well, who was Polycarp? What what was significant about him? All kinds of, of different things being added. Uh, two sermons uh, from the, today at Victory Baptist Church, they were uploaded. All kinds of content, so get the app. And the reason you're going to need the app is for this reason. The Hermeneutic 101 podcast will be uploaded and posted in the hermeneutic section of the Victory Baptist Church app, but... There's going to be all kinds of additional content dealing with hermeneutics. There's going to be articles. There's going to be hermeneutical challenges and quizzes and things for you to look up and things for you to do. There's going to be video. There's going to be audio. There's going to be college college lectures, university lectures, seminary lectures. There's just going to be so much content, book suggestions, book reviews, anything that deals with the subject of, listen carefully, hermeneutics and Bible study, you'll see how these two relate, will all be placed in that section on the Victory Baptist Church app. This is the place to come to for everything related to hermeneutics and Bible study. If you know people who are interested in this subject, get tell them to get the app. Share the app with as many people as possible, with your uh, church members, small group uh, members, anyone you know, because this is a very critical subject. And because so many Christians, there are millions of Christians around the world who open the Bible and they don't even have a clue how to interpret it. They don't really know. And and they're not really taught hermeneutics in their churches. That's the thing that constantly just I am confused by. Um, people go to church, but they're not taught how to actually interpret the Bible. They're not taught a system of hermeneutics. That it's not explained to them. It's not demonstrated to them. They're not challenged to try to figure it out. They just come and someone tells them what to think, tells them what to believe, as if it's authoritative. But the people are not given the tools to go, wait a minute. Okay, how should we interpret this? How do we handle this? Okay, what method of interpretation? Wait, I got to figure this out. I got like it, They're not really work, walked through the process. Instead of being a participant in the study, they are basically passive listeners, not active participants in the learning, in the figuring it out. And I think that that's a, I think we've created a, a church is filled with an audience instead of a church filled with students. We're not equipping saints. We're simply, um, well, we're just simply uh, t talking to people who are passive listeners. We're supposed to be equipping. We're supposed to be challenging. We're supposed to be, um, you know, uh, helping them grow. And and I just I just think the church has failed in so so many ways. But that that's a whole. I could do a. I could create another podcast about the problems with the church in the United States of America. But I won't do that. Okay, not not right now. I've got other things to worry about. Right? Like hermeneutics. I want everyone to understand hermeneutics. Now I know what you're thinking. I'm seven minutes into it, and some of you may be going, but I don't know what hermeneutics. Is. I just saw a, fun, a cool looking podcast that says Hermeneutics 101. And I'm like, well, what is that? And so you're, you're talking about it like I'm supposed to know. Okay. Yes, I know. My expectation is that if someone is going to listen to our Hermeneutics podcast, they kind of probably know what it is. But you know what? 
fear not. Fear not, because I am here to give us at least a basic introduction to the subject, and then we'll talk kind of about our goal. So just make sure we have this clear. We have the Hermeneutics 101 podcast, and that content will go to the Hermeneutics section of the Victory Baptist Church app. And with my content, there will be all kinds of additional content from I think as soon as I get this uploaded, I'm going to post a video. I think it's nine things to know about hermeneutics from Oxford University. Um, again, just giving you some background, some some information, and, and to give you a wider understanding of hermeneutics. But let's do a basic introduction here. I think this is key. I think this is key. Some basic information here. The origin of the word hermeneutics. Well, it comes from a Greek verb, and it basically means to interpret, to interpret. Hermeneutics, therefore, is the method, the theory, the idea of interpretation, to interpret something. It does not have to be restricted to the interpretation of a biblical text. Interpretation is needed for everything. Novels, textbooks, road signs, poetry, it doesn't matter what it is, movies, TV shows, music. We interpret things. We read and we interpret the information. Now, how did we arrive at that conclusion that that's what it meant? Most people don't even know. They just read it and just, okay, that's what the words mean. And they just, they go, they they just, who knows? Sometimes I don't even know if they know how they're interpreting things. And this leads to all kinds of misinterpretations. Um, famous song by uh, the band The Police from the 1980s, Every Breath You Take. Every Breath You Take. Oh, what a beautiful love song, isn't it? What a beautiful love song. That song was uh, they on radio stations all around uh, the world. That we do these, you know, dedication shows, right? We'll call in and, and make a dedication to that person you love. And some guy would call in like, yes, I would like to dedicate this to my girlfriend, Lisa. Hey, Lisa, this is for you. And then they would play every breath you take, every move you make. I'll be watching you. And I want to always, I always wanted to call back into the show and go, hey, uh, excuse me. Uh, could you tell that Lisa that that previous song was dedicated to that she needs to get a restraining order, lock her doors, and move away? Because that's a song about not a wonderful kind of love, but someone who is obsessed. Someone who wants possession of a person. They're obsessed by a person. Every breath they take, every move they make, they're going to be watching. They are going to be controlling. It's not about a wonderful kind of love. It's an ominous kind of love. It's a twisted kind of love. But people misinterpreted the song. You know, now, it's not a big deal when people misinterpret a song. Oh, it can be funny. Yes, they may be mocked. Yes, people like me who are hardcore music fans. Yes, we would get really frustrated. But it's not going to have any damaging or lasting effects on their life or their eternity. But if we take something as serious as the Bible... Man, now, now, you know what? It's not, it, it, I know in the modern day church, it's cool that everyone sits in a circle or a semicircle and everyone gets to go, well, I think the text means this to me. And I think the text means this to me. And I think the text means this to me. No, 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 no. We didn't know what the text means. I don't care what it means to you and neither should you. We need to know what the text means. That means hermeneutics. We have to have a method, a system that we utilize to try to come up with a correct interpretation of the text. Our understanding of the text is dependent 
on our skill as an interpreter. If you don't know how to interpret, then you don't know what the text actually says. You're only guessing or you're going with what you were taught. Going with what you were taught is not interpretation. That's just you being a passive listener and accepting the authority of the person who told you that's what it means. And this leads to crazy things. There are people who take the Bible, read the Bible. Next thing they're doing, they're, you know, and I'm not saying this happens all the time. I'm using an extreme examples to make a point here. This is not the norm, but there are crazy things that happen. People take a Bible, the next thing they know, they end up in South America drinking grape juice, right? Poison grape juice. Okay, if you don't know the story of that that happened, yes, horrible things have happened in history. Or you end up in a compound in Waco, Texas. Yeah, crazy things happen where someone thinks, says they're the Messiah, that this is what you have to do. People have done horrible things to their children, killing their children, drowning their children, saying that, that, that the child had this wrong with them, and they take some verse from the Bible, believing that they're somehow justified. Misinterpretation of scripture. Many times people will throw out scriptures in political debates or social debates. And you're looking at the comments under a news article and you're like, nobody here really actually understands how to interpret the Bible. Everyone just uses it in their own way, like it's a golden corral buffet and they get to pick what they want and interpret it the way they want. No, the Bible is a written book. There are rules in how we interpret written material, whether it's a novel, whatever written form that it may be in. But it's just to interpret. We need to know how to interpret. And it doesn't just apply to the Bible. It can apply to anything. But the Bible is critical to get it right. You're dealing with heaven, hell, life, death, salvation, condemnation. These are issues. Truth, righteousness, sin. Okay, the, these are critical issues. And the church just seems to play uh, hermeneutics, hermeneutics. Don't know what any hermeneutics is, but I love Jesus. I mean, I think I do. I mean, maybe. If you tell me I do, I do. Right? Like, you know, it's just this like downplay. It's, it's almost embarrassing how some churches handle it. And some churches aren't so anti-hermeneutics. They just, they're not anti-it. They just never mention it. It's, it's not the way it should be. But hermeneutics deals with interpretation, and that applies to more than just the Bible. Now, according to some sources, now this is, this is up to dispute, some say it was first used in 1670, or in the 1670s. All right? Um, they say, again, uh, the, this idea, hermeneutic, has its origins with a Greek word meaning to interpret. Okay, everyone agrees on that. It comes from a Greek word that means to interpret. Um, which is thought to have derived from the Greek god Hermes, who served as a messenger interpreting between the gods and mortals. That Hermes was this messenger offering messages and interpretations between the gods and the mortals. All right, well, if we think of it this way, if we believe there is truly a God, which obviously as a Christian I do, there is a God, and that he has revealed himself, obviously, in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. God the Father, God the, uh, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons, co-equal, co-eternal. Okay, we could get into a whole discussion of the Trinity, all right? 
And that God has revealed himself, obviously, completely in the flesh in Jesus Christ, okay? But again, one God, three distinct persons. But we also believe that he has, in a sense, revealed himself, um, revealed his will, revealed his plan in the pages of Scripture. We believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed. So we have God, we have this thing called the Scriptures, the Bible, 66 books, and we believe that contains the revelation from God. It is God's, and I, I strongly believe this because I believe if we get away from this doctrine, we destroy the Bible from being any, uh, meaningful, that it is God's complete and final revelation. No more revelation is being given. When the Bible was complete, all other forms of revelation ceased. That's why the Bible, we believe, is final and authoritative. So there's God in heaven. Here's the Bible, God's final complete revelation to us. No more revelation is being given. And here, here we are. All right, well, if we want to understand what God in heaven thinks and what he wants, we have to understand the pages of the Bible. And the only way to figure out this, this Bible is we have to have a way to interpret it. We have to open it and interpret it. We have to do more than just read a verse and say, this is what I feel. No, we have to interpret it because if we misinterpret it, we're misinterpreting the words of God. If I walk away saying, this is what the scriptures are mean, and that's not what they actually mean, I am misinterpreting God's word, therefore I'm not showing reverence to it, and I'm placing ideas and words in the mouth of God that he did not say and he did not mean, which is, if you believe God exists, is not a good thing. If there is truly a God, we're misrepresenting God. And I think in many cases, Pastors, churches, small groups have been misrepresenting what God thinks and what God has said for a very long time. And no one seems too concerned about it. Because if churches were more concerned about truly being faithful to the Word of God, hermeneutics would be a common thing that is taught. Because they would want everyone in their church to truly understand the Scriptures. But they're not teaching the people how to do it. Why not? Keeping the people in the dark? Why not? Why are they not teaching them that? That's an important question. Some pastors will say, well, people aren't interested in it. Well, you know what? As a pastor, your job is to give the people what they need, not the pe not giving people what they want. If they don't want it, they can always go find a church that will give them what they need, but you're supposed to be a church that is focused on pleasing God, not pleasing people. But that's a whole different story. So again, uh, not everyone agrees with that date of being used first in 1670s, but I think it's interesting if it is derived from the Greek god Hermes, which served as a messenger interpreting between the gods and mortals. We have God, we have us mortals, and we have the scriptures kind of in between, and we have to get an interpretation of it. All right. Um, this is very important. Um, the idea of hermeneutics, I want to make sure we, we this is very key. I want to stress this, and I think this is an important point. And I, this is all just introduction. We have the rest of our lives to talk about hermeneutics, but I'm just going through some basic things that I think is important. And what I'm about to say really derives from Augustine. Um, if you don't know uh, who Augustine is, uh, early church father, very important in church history. Uh, you should read everything Augustine wrote. You should try to understand it. But he wrote a book on Christian doctrine. I have taught a good portion of it in our church. We're going to be returning possibly to that book on Christian doctrine um, at our church at some point. When we do, those messages will be uh, recorded and uploaded to the, guess what? The hermeneutic section of the church app, because this book on Christian doctrine has a lot to do with hermeneutics. But Augustine makes a very, 
important point. That we learn to interpret by learning to interpret other things than the Bible. We first learn letters, and then we figure out how to put those letters together, and we figure out words, and we try to figure out how the meaning of words, and then we figure out how words are put together. We learn how to read, usually from something other than the Bible. We learn how to interpret. It starts with C, spot, you know, run, you know, spot, ran, or whatever the case may be, just using any children's book. And we begin to learn how to interpret by, by learning how to interpret other things. So this is key, and I think this is important to Christians. Your interpretive skills, if they're not very good when it comes to interpreting a novel, when it comes to interpreting a pop song, when it comes to interpreting a news article, when it comes to interpreting a movie, when it comes to interpreting um, a TV show, if you are don't have skills to interpret other things, but you think you can magically show up at church, open a Bible, and figure it out, you're fooling yourself. The skill of interpretation is a skill that you must learn in all areas of life. When I get a news... How many times have I been in a situation where someone reads a news article and I hear an argument break out about people arguing over a news article and I and I go and look at the news article while I'm listening to these people argue and I'm like... Someone here did not read this article. That's not what it said. That's not what it meant. I don't know if they didn't read the whole thing or they don't know how to read or they don't know how to interpret. And so they're arguing for something that the article did not even say. Um, for I'll give you an example. Uh, way back in the 1990s, there's someone who um, I knew and uh, they attended a church, and a church that was very opposed to uh, the celebration of Halloween. They, they thought it was uh, satanic and that it was evil. So there was an article in, I think, the Omaha Herald. This was in Omaha. And uh, if you read the article, they were mocking, clearly mocking people who believed uh, Halloween was evil. They were mo- It was mocking. It was sarcasm. But this person f- somehow thought that this article was supporting his view that Halloween was evil. And so he cut it out and placed it up like in his work cubicle. And when I looked at it, I'm like, you do realize that's making fun of your position. And he completely misinterpreted the article that he read. He did not know how to interpret it. Yet, he would be walking around, because he claimed to be a Christian and went to church, that he could interpret the Bible. If he can't interpret an article from the, I think of the Omaha Herald, I think that was the name of the paper, then how is he going to interpret God's word, where God's ideas and thoughts are above our thoughts, God's ways are above our ways? We're dealing with the eternal word of God all-knowing God, placing his revelation in written form. And we think we can figure that out, but we, we, we get confused by news articles and pop songs. Yeah, something. You have to develop the skill of interpretation, and it has to apply to all areas of your life way before you open up the pages of the Bible. Your skill of interpretation is developed in other areas even before you open the pages of a Bible. No one starts learning interpretation by reading the Bible. They learn it in other areas. In many cases, there's people walking around who never really learned principles of interpretation in public schools. Oh, and they definitely don't learn them in churches. So that puts people at a disadvantage. That's why when it comes to the Bible, you have a culture, in many cases, who don't know how to interpret things. Listen to me. They become Christians. They don't know how to interpret the Bible. Well, that leads to all the chaos we see within Christianity. Nobody can agree on any interpretation. Nobody can agree on anything because no one can agree on what method of interpretation should be used. 
So many doctrinal disputes, whether it's, I've said it so many times, eschatology and all the different views on eschatology, that's the end times. That's not an end times debate. That's not a prophecy debate. That's a hermeneutical debate. What hermeneutical system are you using to interpret passages that relate to the end times? Your hermeneutic, this is a test of your hermeneutical system. What you believe about uh, soteriology, theology, you name all the ologies well, within uh, the broader context of Christian theology. You, it, those are hermeneutical debates. There, there are hermeneutical debates before there are anything. Well, when you have two Christians arguing, I believe this and I believe that, you have, wait a minute. Before y'all keep arguing and throwing Bible verses at each other out of context, why don't you put down your Bibles and let me ask you this. What method of biblical interpretation are you using? What system did you use? What's your, what's your theory? What's your methodology? What system? Where did you learn it? Oh, I've never read a book on hermeneutics. Don't know anything about hermeneutics, but I know this. This is what the Bible teaches. Okay, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away now and because I can't have a conversation with you. We got to come to, we got to have a foundation which to even figure out. We have to have a foundation to help us even get to a place before we can even offer an interpretation. And there's things you have to do before you can even get to interpretation. This is a very important thing. All right. So, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's look at um, some basic principles here. Some basic principles. All right. Um, I think this is. I think this is critical. And I'll stop with this. I want you to write these down if you can. These are four critical steps that every person needs to know when it comes to trying to interpret the Bible. All right. First, let's do this. Um, let's start with, well, we'll, we'll, we'll outline these four things. And I, and I think, and I think that there's a lot more I want to do here, but I think we'll stop right there. All right. So we'll do these four things and then we'll move on. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm trying to wait for a second, trying to give you a chance to grab some paper or use your electronic device and open up the notes section, wh whatever you need to do. But I think this is important in, in establishing kind of an introduction. There's a lot more I wanted to say. That's why I was kind of struggling there with what to do because I've got, I mean, on this subject of hermeneutics, I could literally, without notes, probably talk for 12 hours if I could keep my voice going for that long. Um, because I've just, I mean, hermeneutics has been something that's been a part of my Christian life. Literally, I think, Man, almost from the first week, first or second week of my salvation as a teenager, I started asking questions. Well, how do we interpret this? How, how do you know that's the right way? Like, why, well, why is that the right way? I began ask challenging Sunday school teachers from the word go. Well, okay, you tell me that's what it means. How do you know that's what it means? And 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 I never really got very good answers. And and so then I walked into a, a Bible bookstore and found a book in the discount rack. For like, I don't know, it was literally, it was like 25 cents, 50 cents. I mean, literally, like they were just trying to get rid of it. And that book transformed my life because that book began to help me understand, now we got to, there's there's some things you have to know and how to handle the scriptures. And I've, I've never forgotten that. Now, my issue has always been uh, the rest of the world of Christianity didn't seem to care. <laughs> and I was kind of like, why? But all right, I'm going to start on a whole different direction. So let's do this. Here we go. Four, four things I want you to write down. Number one, reading. 
reading. You must be a constant reader of the Word of God. And when I say read, I mean read. You're not interpreting. You're not doing anything. You're simply reading the Scriptures. Reading through the Scriptures once a year. Reading, Listening to the Scriptures be read. I would, on our church app, if you go down to the bottom, there's a thing called Family Radio. I would challenge you, listen to that for 24 hours, okay? They read the Bible literally constantly. They read the Scriptures, read the Scriptures with Without commentary, without comment, it's just Bible reading over and over and over. That radio station is dedicated to that. And why is reading the Bible so critical to um, hermeneutics or anything else? Because the reading gives you knowledge. It gives you information. And the more you read it, the easier you can recall things. The more you fill your mind with it, when you're looking at some passage and you're trying to figure something out, you can go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember this. Wait, that. Wait, that connects to. Th wait, does that connect? It uses the same. Like you're going to know. You're going to be able to recall information. The more you know, the better. And that's true of any kind of art. The more music I listen to, like if I if I listen to hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of music, and I hear something. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, this is interesting. This is new. Okay, I think we better pay. Oh, I think this could show a change. Something's changing in this genre. This is going to be one of those albums that's going to be remembered. You can pick that up because you've only spent, I don't know, 50 million hours listening to music and paying attention to it. If you watch movie after movie after movie, you know when that there's certain things that all a certain genre of movie does over and over, a certain way movies are designed. And if a movie comes and does something different or unique or a different take on that genre, you're going to pick it up because you've watched hours and hours and hours of movie of movies. The more you fill your mind with just basic knowledge and information about the scriptures, right? Okay, Genesis 1, okay, creation. Okay, Genesis 2, is that a separate creation account? Genesis 3, the fall. Okay, all right, what happens in Genesis 4 and 5? Okay, oh, I think we have a genealogy in there somewhere. Okay, what's significant about that genealogy? Genealogy seems to go from Genesis 1, all things are good, but I think in Genesis 4 or 5, it's it's like, and so-and-so begat so-and-so and he died, and so-and-so begat so-and-so and he died. Well, wait, wait, everything was good. Now, now everyone's dying. Okay, well, chapter three explains what happened. Uh, obviously, death um, produces, or sin produces this constant idea of death that everyone's experiencing. Okay, well, what happens in Genesis 6? Oh, we have this flood situation going on. Okay, all right, wait, Genesis, I think, is it, is it 11? I think 11. Do we have the tower thing going on? Wait, in Genesis 12, we have... We have Abraham. Like the more you, the more you read, you just can tell. You can just begin to say, "This is what happens in this chapter. This is what happens in this chapter. This is what happens in this chapter." And that information becomes critical later on when offering an interpretation. When you read, you're not interpreting. You're just reading to know. You're just reading for information. You're not trying to interpret it. If you just read and interpret, I'm telling you, you the whole your whole system is broken, fraudulent. And every, and so many things you think you know are wrong. You can't just read it and interpret it. It doesn't work that way. Reading is simply to get information. It's simply to get knowledge. And you want to read as much as possible. Every time, when, when you have the time, open the Bible. Read a chapter. If it's just a chapter a day, read it. Really read it. Really know what's there. You're not interpreting it. When you're done reading, you don't go, I read Genesis 3 today, and this is what I think it means. No, 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 no. You read Genesis 3, you know what it says. You don't know what it means. 
All right. You need to read, but you need to understand that reading itself is not is not interpretation under any way, shape, or form. But you hear people do that all the time. Oh, today I was reading um, in my devotional time and I read Genesis 6. Okay, did you do anything else in your devotional time? No, I just read Genesis 6 and here's my interpretation. You're like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. I know that's just a radical approach. There's some of you going, what is he talking about? Trust me, you'll see. So we have to read. Number two, this is critical. We have to study. Reading is not study, but study involves reading. Reading alone is not study, but study involves, you can't study without reading. But the reading is, is giving you the information that when it's time to study, you are better prepared. Now, the focus of study, this is, I want to make sure you get this. So reading is about knowledge and information. Study, study is not about interpretation. Oh boy, I know I'm, I'm going to start saying some radical things here. Study is not about interpretation. Study should be about, and this is the way I have it written down in my notes here. Study, that's not my notes. I'm going to go back to the actual notes page. Here we go. Study is observation. Study is about figuring out what does the text actually say. Study is about observation. Observation. I am observing words. I'm, observe, I'm absor observing the way the words are organized. I'm observing structure. I'm observing patterns. I'm observing content. I'm observing um, anything I can. If I do, if I'm doing study, I'm observing all the content of a chapter. Okay. How, what, how does this chapter to be outlined? How does this chapter fit in here? I'm figuring out key words, key people, uh, key, what words are repeated. Study is about observation, not interpretation. Study is about how good, a, a, let me state it this way. The quality of your interpretation that comes after the study, right? All right. That's kind of the next step. But study itself is the observation. The quality of your observation determines the quality of your interpretation. If you are a bad observer, you're going to be a poor interpreter. The quality of interpretation is based on observation. Many Christians have never been taught observational study skills. They think they read the Bible. They think studying is, I read the Bible. I looked at the scriptures. I wrote down what I think. I looked up a commentary. Look at me. I did Bible study. No, you didn't. You didn't. Bible study is you write, using a method of study that helps you in the observation process. There are the devotional method of Bible study. There's the chapter summary method of Bible study. There is the thematic method of Bible study. There's the topical method of Bible study. There is the word study method of Bible study. There's the biographical method of Bible study. There, there's the chapter analysis method of Bible study. There's, all, there's a verse-by-verse -verse analysis method. of there's, there's 12 methods of Bible study that have been talked about for a long, long part of church history. And these methods of Bible study are all about observation. Observa what does the text actually say? It's not trying to interpret it. It's simply trying to observe it. Study is all about observation. You Listen, you cannot interpret. I got to stress this. You cannot interpret what you haven't observed. 
You can't interpret what you haven't observed. And a lot of times Christians think they have observed something in the text that they actually haven't observed. They didn't. They think they see it in the text. They, they believe it's there, but it's not actually there. They have to go back and do observe. And because observation, here's the key about why study is so important. Study. If you're just studying the text and all you care about is figuring out what the text actually says, that gives you that gives you a greater chance of handling it without bias. You're not studying to try to prove the Catholic wrong. You're not trying to study it to prove the charismatic wrong. You're not trying to prove it to to prove the 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 uh, you know Church of Christ wrong. You're not you're not trying to prove it for personal reasons, for a, a a personal fight, for debate. You're just trying to figure out what does Romans chapter one actually say. I'm not trying to prove a point. I'm not studying to make a point. I'm not studying for a sermon. I'm not studying for a Sunday school lesson. I'm just going to sit down and figure out what does Romans 1 actually say? What does it actually say? By doing observational study skills. Now, if I'm getting in there, I'm doing, so say I'm doing a chapter summary method, and we're going to talk about all these methods at some point. And I get in, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That, that's an interesting word right there. Okay. All right, I'm going to finish my chapter summary method. Now I'm going to come back and do a word study to figure out what that word means. I'm not going to try to interpret how that impacts the chapter yet. I just need to know what that word means. Okay, what is the Greek word? Okay, how is that Greek word used? Is that Greek word always translated the way it's translated into Romans 1? Or is it translated different ways? If it's translated different ways, then that means there's possible a variety of meanings that this word in Romans 1 could have. I just need to, I don't need to try to do any interpretation. I just need to observe all of that information that comes from a study of the text, the word, original languages, etc., etc. We have to read. We have to be good readers, constant readers, because that fills our mind with the information. Then we have to be students, and students study. Or, you know, we have to be students who study. Study is all about observation. What does the text actually say? And let me state it again. The quality of your interpretation is based off the quality of your observation. If you're not a good observer, you're going to be a poor interpreter. You can't interpret what you haven't observed. That's why so many times if I get into a doctrinal dispute with someone, before I start arguing about uh, the actual subject, a lot of times I'll ask observational questions about the text itself. Okay, well, you want to argue about this and this verse. Okay, so I'll start asking different questions about the verses before or the verse itself. And when I begin to realize, wait a minute, they haven't really done any observational work. There's no point in arguing about the interpretation. Because I can argue all day about the interpretation, but if unless they've actually observed the text and figure out what it actually says, I can't disprove, I can't disprove to them their interpretation because they haven't bothered to take the time to actually observe the text. The, their, their, the problem with their interpretation was their observation. It's not about their interpretation there, it's about their observation. We got to get that right. And again, trying to get Christians to do that is a difficult thing. So we need to read. We need to study, focus on observation. Then we need interpretation. After we've done the study of observation, we move into interpretation. And here we try to figure out what does the text actually mean by what it actually says. Interpretation is trying to figure out what does the text actually mean by what it actually says. 
me say that again. Interpretation is trying to figure out what the text actually means by what it actually says. It's not what it means to you. The traditional way churches do things in their Sunday school and small group settings is to let everyone throw out what it means to them. No, we need to have an established rule of, we need a system of hermeneutics in place. Everyone should be on the same page about how to interpret. And then therefore we need to figure out what the text says. Doesn't matter what it means to you. You're not the author. It's not your book. Okay, you don't get to determine its meaning because of how you feel. No, what does the text mean by what it says? It what it says it it determines the meaning. You you don't sit there and come along and go, well, it means this to me. It doesn't matter. The author had an intent in what he wrote. Okay. The author has an intent. If we believe it's inspired by God, God had intention in what was placed in the scripture and he had a meaning that he assigned to it. Our job is to simply discover what that meaning is. And the only tool, the only thing we can use to determine that meaning is, well, we got to have a system of, of, of interpretation, but this is important. We have to use the words of the actual text. That's what we have to use because the text is all we have. So that's why observation is so critical. Interpretation is not interpreting what it means to me. Interpretation is, inter is figuring out the actual meaning based on what it actually says. Reading for information. Study for observation. Interpretation for meaning based off what it actually says. And then that leads to the last application. Application. Now application is key here. What am I supposed to do with what it actually says. Application is not just, I can just run off and apply it any way I want. The application has to be consistent with what it actually says. What it actually says, right? So many applications offered up by pastors and teachers go beyond what the text actually says. They begin adding things to it. And you're like, wait, I don't think the text actually says that. And I'll be like, oh, that's, that's what it means. It means that to whom? You? What, what method are you using? All right. I'll stop right there. I'll stop. There's so much more I could say. So much I could say. So let's do a quick review. All right. Hermeneutics 101 is a podcast. This podcast is designed to, to give content to our church app in the section Hermeneutics. You can get that uh, church app by going to any app store, Google Play or Apple. Do a search for VBC 66, VBC 66, VBC 66, VBC, the number 66, all run together. Get the app. In the hermeneutics section of the app, you'll get messages we record here on this podcast, and there will be all kinds of additional content. There'll be lectures. There'll be discussions. I'll try to, um, uh, we'll try to answer hermeneutical questions. We'll, we'll dig into texts that offer all kinds of hermeneutical issues and difficulties. We'll try to figure out what it says. Um, we'll get you involved in the process. Um, it's, there's just going to be so much, go anything related to hermeneutics, that's where you're going to want to go. All right. So then we started talking a little bit about the origin of the word hermeneutics, what hermeneutics is. Simply put, it means to interpret. It means interpretation. 
That's what it's all about, is interpreting things. It's not restricted to the scriptures alone. It's not restricted to the scriptures alone. Interpretation, hermeneutics applies to everything. Music, books, TV, mu everything. And let me state this as Augustine said. Your ability to interpret, you learn it in interpreting other things. Uh, Augustine went on to say, we learn to interpret, in a sense, worldly things. And that those skills we learn in interpretation to worldly things are the same skills when we interpret spiritual things. Some people think it's that interpreting the Bible is some kind of mystical thing that I don't know what this means. I'll pray and I'll get a feeling and I'll get a I'll get the meaning will just pop into my head in some kind of mysterious, magical way. No, the Bible is God's written revelation. You're not getting any other revelation. Your job is to interpret the revelation he has given. It's not done in some mysterious way where you feel like you've got a good feeling or a bad feeling or all of a sudden, well, that's the, I couldn't figure out this scripture and I was praying and all of a sudden this idea popped in my brain. Has to be from God. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Go interpret it like you interpret any other written revelation. All right. Any other written material. Okay. I'm not any other written revelation because the scripture is the only revelation. The only other written material, not revelation. That was a poor choice of words. God's word is God's written revelation. Other books are not God's written revelation, but they do reveal things. Okay. They do reveal things, but they're written form. The same rules of interpreting any written medium applies to interpreting the Bible. We have to understand context, syntax. We have to understand authorship. We have to understand historical setting. There's so many factors. The same principles apply. And if you don't know how to interpret other things, then don't pretend you know how to interpret the Bible. That's a very important principle. Hopefully that makes sense. And then we got to these four things I wanted you to know. Reading. We need to be readers of the scripture because that gives us knowledge and information. We need to be students who study. Study is all about observation. What does the text actually say? Simply observing what's there, not what we think is there. Interpretation. What does the text actually mean by what it actually says? Then we begin to interpret, and we can't interpret until we do observation. If you haven't done observation, you can't do interpretation. Then application. What am I supposed to do with what it actually says? right? Now, I want to get into a lot more about observation. We won't do it right now. We can get into macro and mi micro, macro and micro observations. Um, that is uh, very key to understanding the different ways of looking at observation, but we will stop. I just wanted to introduce this concept and kind of tell you where we are going. Not only here on the Hermeneutics 101 podcast, but where we're, again, the goal here, the goal here it simply give me an avenue to record things when I need to record things dealing with hermeneutics. The real action is going to take place on the app, not on the podcast. The podcast is simply a tool to provide more and additional content to the app. So you need the app to really know what's going on. So here in the next, I don't know, 30 minutes, I'll be posting a video from Oxford University dealing with hermeneutics. So be on the lookout for that. I will send out a notification on the app dealing with it. All right, I'll stop. Welcome to the Hermeneutics 101 podcast. Welcome to the world of hermeneutics. 
Welcome to a world where you're going to be challenged to think and trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. At times you're going to get very upset because I'm going to challenge maybe even your method of hermeneutics. I may challenge how you've uh, interpreted a passage of scripture for 25 years and you may be convinced it's right. Here's what hermeneutics is going to do. It's going to determine if you care more about truth or you just care more about being right. If you care more about truth, you'll be humble. You'll be willing to change your conclusions as you become better skilled at using methods of interpretation to come up with a correct interpretation. None of us have it down as an art. Guess what? As I'm teaching hermeneutics and as I'm, we're working through different passages of scripture in a hermeneutical way, guess what is going to happen? Things that I thought I knew about a passage of scripture and the ways I've interpreted in the past, I will discover myself were false. It's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to you. It happens to anyone who cares more about truth than simply this is my way because this is what my church says or because I'm Baptist or because I'm this. No, no, no. You should care about truth. It's not about a side. It's not about a tribe. It's not about a, a team. It's about truth. God's word is true. Our job is to interpret it correctly. Correctly. That's, set, that's setting aside personal feelings and presuppositions to allow the text to speak. It's speaking. Are we listening? And if you are listening, do you have the skill, the ability, and the tools to actually interpret what you are hearing from God's Word? Sadly, many Christians are not adequately equipped to do that. And as a result, they say, they believe, and they use scriptures in questionable, sometimes fraudulent, misguided way that only hurts people and misrepresents what God actually said. You should care about representing God's word in the most accurate way possible. And that's just not for pastors. That's for every Christian. All right. What do you need to do? Here's your first assignment. Start reading the scriptures. That's the key. Start reading the scriptures. Just read, 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 read. We'll be talking about assignments and things to read and things we're going to be working on. We'll be working on that over the next couple of weeks and months. But welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this section on our church app. I hope you're ready. All hermeneutical questions, please, please give me your hermeneutical questions. You can email them to me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. And guess what? Many of your questions I won't be able to answer, but I'll do this. I'll do everything in my power to find the resources that can provide a better answer than maybe I can. And then we'll look at those resources together and answer the question together so that I can learn and that you can learn. We're in this together. That's the key. You're an active participant. You're not a passive listener. All right. God bless.